welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan. Here's where we usually say our big uh, hello to Gene Robinson. I think Gene's out in the field doing something today, so we, we, we don't, uh, we're flying solo. Um, today's uh, podcast is going to should be pretty interesting uh the title's aviation unmanned vehicle museum and we're going to get a little um let's say history of uh unmanned aircraft you know I, I always joke about this it's always like you know people are like hey guess what you can do with a drone man you know just i went down to best buy and drones are new and that's not really the case so today we're going to get a a, a little um we're going to talk about the history of this. And so without further ado, we'll bring on our guest, Marshall Smith. He's the assistant curator at the Aviation Unmanned Vehicle Museum. Hello, Marshall. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you know, I've been trying to get somebody, uh, one of the one of the Smiths here from the uh, museum on for, oh, I don't know, you know, a while. And I know you guys are always busy, you know, and I, and I know, uh, you know, I do some uh, volunteering at the Aerospace Museum of California, and there is always something to do. So I know that uh, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys are, you know, it's like hair on fire all the time, and there's, you know, a million things to do. So, um, you know, it's a really interesting story. Um, I know because we've we've done uh, we've run articles and whatnot at SUS News about it, but maybe right. you know you could uh, you know give us a, a bio and how you came to work at the AUVM or got you know into into this whole dronosphere. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Patrick, I didn't really have a choice getting into this. Um, you know. It, 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 I was born to, and I, I didn't. I didn't have a choice. So all this uh, came about from my grandfather. Um, you know, uh, he he started early in his drone career in the Air Force um, in the early '50s, and um, he he actually became the first drone officer in the Air Force uh, in uh, SAC, Strategic Air Command. And um, okay. so that was his whole career was was all drone related, and um, and he was a, he was a he was a lieutenant colonel and through through in and throughout uh, everything he did was uh, the highway or, or nothing. Um, so I, I grew up, you know, hanging around drones. I just didn't think nothing of it. Um, I, I played on this Lockheed X7A. Mach 4 drone that was in a hangar, I played on it as a kid just thinking, this just looks like a missile. Uh, co- coolest thing ever for a kid to play with. <laughs> right. Are you talking, are you and, talking uh, about the flying stovepipe? Yeah, that one right there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, and, it's a pretty uh, aggressive uh, looking system, but yeah, go ahead. It is. It is. Um, so... Uh, and as a kid growing up, um, you know, on uh, on spring breaks, I always thought, cool, I'm going to get to go to spring break with my friends. No, I got to go to work with my dad and go to work with grandpa and fill drone orders in the summer and <laughs> <in> spring break. <laughs> so uh, my grandfather, he, uh, you know, after he got out of the Air Force, he, he ran his own drone business with the um, rebuilding and reselling the Northrop Grumman uh, KD-2R5. Um, it's just a workhorse of a, of a target drone. And um, so I was always bead blasting uh, drone bodies, drone parts, cylinder heads, uh, everything in between, and, um, and, and doing anything Grandpa ordered me to do, I would do it. Uh, not so, open for negotiation. Uh. That's right. That's right. And, um, <laughs> he he always he always wanted to um, to build the drone museum. It was a lifelong dream of his. 
and uh, he was always uh, he was always just collecting. I think that was more uh, more fun. That was the chase was to hunt down and find that drone uh, that he so badly wanted um, because he didn't he didn't actually start working on the museum until uh, 2017 when he was 86 years old. And, um, yeah, so, uh, he, 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 he was quite the guy. Um, he, he came from nothing. He enlisted in the military and, and made everything happen, uh, by himself. He didn't have family around to help him out. So he, he just kind of made it all happen himself. Um, but yeah, there, there in, uh, 2017, he was just starting on the museum. He was about two weeks in. Um, he had just started on the uh, QH-50 helicopter drone from Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. Let's, and, uh, let's uh, do this. You know, usually I ask at the end, I say, hey, you know, uh, give us the website address where people can find out more information. But I think with this it would be better uh, if you give us the website now so people could kind of follow along and, and as you mentioned these drones, they could look at the pictures and whatnot. The website's pretty good. What, what's the website? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, website is www.auvm.net. All right, yes, and I would suggest that uh, listeners go and check it out because as, as Marshall's talking about some of these uh, different systems, they're on the website, and there's pictures, and then, it, you know, you don't have to. It's not theater of the mind. You can look at these systems and uh, – See what we're ta- or he's talking about here. I, I know the, the helicopter drone. You're, you're talking about this is about the Navy helicopter drone. Yes. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And um, you know that thing. It, it never happened. It didn't ever uh, take out any Russian subs. But that is what it was made for uh, at that time was to hunt Russian submarines and drop nuclear torpedoes on them. <laughs> Seems seems kind of crazy, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the nuclear torpedo idea. But, hey, you know, what are you going to do, man? You got to, uh, you know, drastic times call for drastic measures. And I have uh, – they actually have one of those at the uh, the Airspace Museum in California. And I've, I've checked it yeah. out. And I forget who, who, who made that again, just out of curiosity, you know, offhand. Uh, yep, that's uh, Gyrodyne was the company. Um, his father is deceased now, but his son, Peter, um, he really helped us out with our, uh, restoration. Um, cause you just can't find these parts anywhere. And, uh, right. he, he was a big help on getting us some important parts to, uh, make it a complete aircraft. Yeah, that's, and it's interesting. I, I was talking about that. I've been talking about that more and more. Um, you know, kind of is uh, consolidation and innovation uh, in the aerospace sector for the United States. You know, a lot of this uh, this stuff that was going on in the 50s. And I don't I, I'm assuming you're also kind of an aviation buff. And, you know, like yeah, the century series, <laughs> the century series of fighter aircraft, you know, all of the different companies mm-hmm. that were out there making aircraft and missiles and rockets and, you know, uh, drones and whatnot. It was really uh, a lot of different companies. And there was consolidation, which I'm sure also kind of adds to the problem of uh, finding parts and whatnot for these, as these companies got gobbled up and stuff, probably got thrown in the garbage, you know, whatever. Get rid of that junk. We don't want that, you know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm sure that that kind of makes it hard to hard to find parts but so you know you were talking about your your grandfather um and he was in the drone business because i was always wondering that you know i'm like wait you know, where because like you said finding parts and stuff where are you going to find this stuff i've seen stuff in museums like uh white sands has a pretty good museum uh and they yeah. got uh They've got they've got some some old drones hanging around there and target drones and they still have a target drone section and all the rest of that stuff or like I said at the one museum or 
you know, you'll see the, the, the SR-71, they had a, a little drone and, you know, some people that have SR-71s, like they got one up at Beale or whatever. So it's really hit and miss uh, with examples of, of uh, drones. So that was kind of like, well, you know, how did this come about? So grandpa was in the, uh, in the business, so to speak, and, and he just creating this stuff up and, and, and put it in storage and, and collecting up. I mean, what, what, that, yeah, that was just the um, deal you guys uh, just. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he would, he would leave anywhere to go pick up some parts. If he heard so-and-so had some parts, uh, he was jumping in his truck and going to get it. Um, like that QH 50 drone. We have a picture where he came home with a trailer and he had six QH-50 drones packed in a dually truck with a 20-something foot trailer. <laughs> um, and, and another photo we found, um, we found him a photo with his uh, 1970 station wagon packed full of Northrop Grumman drone parts. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So yeah, he's like the he's like the ultimate, you know, kind of American drone picker guy that uh, he gets wind of a hey, uh, you know, uh, Billy Bob says that uh, Johnny's got some parts in his barn over here in Oklahoma or whatever. And so he just jumps in the jumps in the truck and he's on the road. So that kind of went down rumor and innuendo. <laughs> That's oh, it, man. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's funny. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, he uh, he he was a uh, part of SAC, which uh, you know was a great. Oh, I, I really like uh, the history of SAC or whatever. I, and I didn't know. It's kind of like when you start delving into this stuff. So you know, oh, SAC, you know, we got the, the B-52s or everything that was along the line. So, but I did not know that they also had a dedicated drone thing. Do you, do you know much about yeah. the history of that? Or? You know, a, a little bit, Patrick. Um, he, was, he was in a big safari. And, okay. um, and so he was, and, you know, big safari was made to fast track, uh, you know, fast track pro- projects and things like that that would take way too long on the uh, on the traditional end of getting things approved and uh, you know getting the go ahead on stuff like that, um, so yeah, during during Vietnam it was a it was there was a constant. Um, I mean, they, they were just always working day and night on on drones. Um, you know, there's about thirty different variants of that Teledyne Ryan Firebee drone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were using them in Vietnam, uh, low altitude, high altitude. Um, they were damming surface-to-air missiles in Vietnam with that drone. And uh, a lot of people don't know that, and there's no, there's no mention of it. Uh, there's no talk about it every year when the Vietnam coverage comes on. Yeah, it's interesting is even people in the Air Force uh, were unaware, thought that the first time drones were used in, in – uh, Let's say combat where like the full first Gulf War, which is a checkler, because uh, I mean they did have stuff in even in World War Two they had uh, you know drone bombers and you know all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff going on and targets and whatnot. And there really isn't a uh, I would say a comprehensive history of of drones. And so you know no, you there's not write a book um you know i've been i've been talking about writing a book for probably 15 years <laughs> and you know the the drone thing's <laughs> been so fluid uh you know it'd be hard to do um but you know we just we had another guest on and he it took him 11 years to write his book about drones so i don't feel quite <laughs> as bad but there there's yeah. a lot of history and we've had um we've had people on the program that were doing drone military drone things in the fifties and sixties and you know, those people are old timers and they're and they're starting to expire. But uh you know, robust programs going on that nobody really knew about or even that, you know, I, I didn't know um how they were being used in Vietnam. So there is there is probably a uh, 
a book for sure. I don't know if you have access to uh, there. You know the family there the archive. There, there's there's a few books out there, um, and we are. Uh, you know, my grandfather he worked on a book, uh, and it took him 25 years to finish it. Um, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm not feeling so bad over here. I'm like, oh, I got, I got another decade. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I don't know if if you, if you remember the story or not, but my grandfather, he, uh, you know, to back up to the very beginning, he was he was about two weeks in on working on the museum. He was on his way home. Uh, he was killed by a drunk driver. Uh, I'm sorry. Home from the museum. It is so he never got to see it happen. Um, so after that accident, uh, you know, we uh, we 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 made the museum happen. We were getting ready to have our grand opening. Uh, we were coordinating everything right before COVID hit, and we were almost all done with planning everything, and then COVID hit. <laughs> mm. And I know that's good. So, I mean that. That had to, you know, kind of put a dampener on things, huh? It did. It did. Um, we were we were pretty bummed out, but um, we just it just gave us more time to work on the museum and and get it ready for uh, for the grand opening. Mm. Well, um, you know, so you guys were working on it for a few years. Was that? I mean, and I know we we kind of uh, touched on that in the beginning. You know about uh, that. There's always something to do. There's there's one thing you know having like a, a business you know and being a business person, and then there's uh, mm-hmm. something that where you're you're trying to uh, display history, you know, and make displays and and have it be educational and you know you have to have background. Right. Like my experience at the Aerospace Museum, you know, yeah, you can, you know, you can just have a plane out there. Hey, you know, uh, here it is. You know, okay, well, cool. Uh, that's cool. So, yeah. you know, what is it? So, you know, you have to fabricate the display and have the history on it and, you know, what this one did, right. the version and all the rest of that. And uh, even, you know, it sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable in, in a lot of this uh, stuff. And I like even on the website how you, you, you had links to Wikipedia and you've been in there editing and you got pictures of your aircraft and all the rest of that stuff. Um so I mean that that takes yeah. a lot of time, um, and, and that's after you've put the aircraft together, restored them, or I mean all of these they weren't just right. sitting all around, right? I mean were they like in boxes? And it's like all right, time to <laughs> sit down, go <laughs> manual, and put this puppy together. Yeah. That's, that's it, down. Patrick. Um, you oh, know God. we we have several hangars out where the airport is, so. Um, after my grandpa passed, we we made uh, we we just brought everything into one hangar, and and I tell you, when things are everywhere, they were everywhere. I mean, we found Team Thirty Eight OQ Two radio playing parts of it in his attic at home. He even had parts in his closet behind clothes. I mean, drone stuff everywhere. No joke. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, so um, that, that's that. That was quite the project of sorting through everything, getting it into one hangar, and then going through everything. Because with him running his own drone business for 35 years, I mean, we 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 most likely, actually, I'm pretty damn sure we have the largest drone collection of drones and parts probably in the world. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping, like, these different models were, like, in different boxes and stuff, and it wasn't just, like, drone bingo. Um, no, it was drone bingo. Uh, oh, they were God. everywhere, packed to the ceiling, not in boxes, not labeled. Um, we had to figure everything out. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, uh, so I'm sure that made it a little bit um, – more difficult because you're like, oh, you know, what says is go here. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun uh, and a little time yeah. consuming, a little challenging. Yeah, it's not like you could go to YouTube and find an instruction video on how to restore a 1949 Northrop Grumman drone. <laughs> 
Right. Well, you know, and you just, I think you came up with a good one right there, you know, the YouTube channel and you could do that. Now, the only thing I find, like, I, you know, I was doing a little YouTube action and I, I don't really do much drone stuff on there. I just do other stuff, but man, it really adds a lot of time to the project. Um, but that would be yeah. interesting, you know, uh, to, to see that, um, you know, you, you guys putting this stuff together and the condition it was in and how to yeah. uh, make it happen. Uh, it's, I know, you know, it must be, so I'm, I'm assuming uh, your dad um, kind of got roped in like you. Was was he part of the family <laughs> drone business or is this a legacy project yeah. for him or what, what happened? Oh yeah, it it was a a, a big uh, family business. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, he he was roped into it. They also ran a gyrocopter company for uh, twenty years. So for the longest time, it was drones and gyrocopters were the Smith family's uh, main deal. <laughs> so what 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 happened with the gyrocopter business? Um, man, it, it was real hot for a long time, um, from the nineties, early two thousands. Um, and then it just, it, you know, just kind of almost like anything just started to fade away. So, uh, they just got out of that business a while back ago. Now, how close was this gyrocopter to, you know, remember Mad Max, he had that sidekick with the snake and he had the gyrocopter. How close were we to that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty close, man. I mean, those things were fairly like simple. That was, uh, that was a Smith gyrocopter. <laughs> that guy was flying. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know he. You know, there's a uh, there's James, there's an older James Bond movie where he's in a he's in a gyrocopter. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah, um, you know, I, and there, I do. I, I almost kind of remember that. I think that might have been after, you know, that people were into home-built stuff. And I think that's changed yeah. a little bit because of uh, population density, like out here in uh, I'm out in California. And, I mean, you know, Southern California is pretty much like one town. You know, there's not a lot of... <laughs> Places besides the, you know, the 10 or whatever, you know, the five or something to put something down if you have an, have an issue. But, uh, you know, that, and uh, it's very time consuming and expensive and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But that's interesting. So you guys were doing that and Dad got roped into the, into that business. And um, so you just kind of kept this a legacy piece and, and, and you guys just followed through and did it. Interesting. That's it, man. So, yeah, that's it. And, and now, so you know, and then you know, with the drones, our our new thing. You talked about uh, this uh, that 1938 uh, aircraft, and I, I didn't get all of the information on that. But is is that one of the the earliest examples of a drone that you guys have in the collection? Yes, uh, you know that that's the start. Um, when you know Reginald Denny, he was um, he was also a uh, an actor, pretty well known for that time period. Um, but he you know he was also uh, God, he was a pioneer man. I mean he's kind of the whole start of this thing. Was he 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 just kind of figured out that they knew the military needed an unmanned target. Um, the main reason you know they're flying a target. Uh, a towed target towing it with another plane to be shot at and sometimes that pilot would end up getting shot <laughs> right yeah that's a that sounds like a, a dangerous uh, job description all right we want you to tow the target buddy you know don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it we got it under control <laughs> yes that sounds, uh, we promise they, sounds they won't shoot important. at you we promise you'll be okay <laughs> yeah these are new guys but don't worry about it so, uh, yeah. yeah, that, uh, so, uh, you know, yes, um, necessity is the mother of invention. So is that, that's kind of how that came, uh, together. That's right. That, that's right. That, that's the start of it. Um, and, uh, we, we have that drone on display, um, and we have the OQ23A, the, uh, the improved version, 
Um, and the one we have, we didn't even restore it. it it's all original paint. Um, I think the only thing we've restored on it was an engine because, like I said, Grandpa had all the parts and everything. So we have original uh, cylinder heads still wrapped in their original wax paper. Wow. Um, so so we, we built that engine with, with, you know, NOS parts for a 1930s drone. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, so we got some new on stock, but I guess that was, um, that was, uh, I, I guess, the result of, of years of collecting and chasing down and finding leads mm -hmm. and, you know, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about it, it's a real uh, labor of love. So he was, he was uh, really passionate about this, obviously. Um, yeah, well... And, and, you know, Patrick, he, uh, he, he was, he was extremely passionate. Um, and he, he just had a vision for this stuff and knew how important unmanned systems would be, uh, for, for the world. Um, he was one of the six original founders of what's now the AUVSI. It was back oh. then, it was called, um, the national, uh, um, oh, the, uh, it was, NP, it's a tough one to say. He, but he was one of the six yeah. original founders of that. Yeah, I, re I remember uh, going, you know, hearing about the early days and some of the early pioneers that were in that. I, I was a member for a while, and I was actually the Silicon Valley chapter president for a few years. But the people, unfortunately, the people that took that over basically got overrun by. Uh, sideshow carnies which is too bad because the people that were i mean I, I didn't know it was your grandfather but you know the people that started the uh association were people that were actually doing work in the field and engineers and saw the promise and understood it were passionate about it um and i wish it was more like that today because uh we could we could definitely yeah. use that type of energy to advocate for uh for this technology, because, you know, it's funny, like, like I said, you know, people are like, oh, drones are new, you know, and oh, my God, you can do this with a drone. It's like, uh, yeah, they were doing that 25 <laughs> years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Um, so that, that's interesting. Yeah, and I'm looking at it here on the uh, on the uh, the Internet or on the Web page, and, you know, you look at this thing and you're like, wow, you know, I mean, this, yeah, it worked. You know, it's uh, yeah. It's not really, um, you know. I mean, for the time, I'm sure with the radio control, and that is another thing that I noticed uh, in the exhibits page. That yeah, uh, you have some of the control equipment. Oh um, yeah. And, well, well, know, Patrick, that um, that radio plane, that OQ2A, we have mm -hmm. the full. The full uh, all, all the equipment for that, the radar, the antenna. Uh, the pro, uh, the hand controller. Um, we have several of the ground equipment uh, for a lot of those drones. And, and you, do you, you have the launcher for it and stuff, or do you? I mean, you have like we do. We system. have the launchers for it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, that, I mean, that's a, you know, that's and that's another thing you rarely see is is all of the because that's you know you got the UAS thing is the unmanned uh, aircraft system. Which I don't even know if people know what the, the acronym is, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, it's everything. It's the ground equipment. It's the launcher. It's the radio. Um, you know, all of the stuff that you describe. So you don't. That's a. That's a really. That's interesting because you really don't get to see that stuff. Now, one other uh, deal on this, and this was funny because I remember when this was discovered years ago. You know that Marilyn Monroe worked at the uh, plant. <laughs> obviously before she uh, became a, a movie star and uh, you know they're like oh you know she was worried oh maybe you know, maybe drones aren't new so that's another interesting side note that she it was is. there at the factory working on that you know any about any yeah. about the backstory was that like a Hollywood connection thing or you know a, a little bit grandpa he always told us that he has the negatives for that famous picture 
Um, we haven't found them yet, but he always said, I have those. Um, and I don't know the full story, but I know they were doing some kind of promo shoot at the factory that day. And, uh, you know, Norma Jean worked on the assembly line uh, uh, for that writer company who moved the engine. So I don't know if she was planned to be part of that shoot or if it was on a, you know, on a, on a limb there where they just said, hey, you're pretty cute. Hold this prop and jump in. Yeah, the the old grizzled guy smoking the cigar was uh, on his coffee break, so they used her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where where did he go? I don't know. Okay, I'm a <laughs> Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, that's interesting. You know, an interesting historical tie-in, but uh, for sure, uh, the all of the ground support equipment definitely makes that. Um, more interesting. And that's not the only uh, system that you have the ground support equipment for. I mean, right. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen some other equipment like this, um, the, the MQM 57 B, the surveillance drone is, and then there's all yeah. the support equipment for that. Yeah. So yeah. The, um, the radio has come a long way. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's sure cool. Has. You know, you can see what um, what it took for the crew to operate this. I mean, you know, it looks like you got like a school desk here and you got the dish, and you know, tune in Tokyo. Uh, yep. You got all this equipment to control this thing. And, and so, what, you know, when you, uh, and this is another thing too, is like range and whatever else. And so in the displays, do you, do you have like technical information like that? Like, uh, you know, this could fly for, you know, two weeks and could fly 40 miles away or whatever. I mean, do you have that, that type of operational um, information in the displays or is that common or what? Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're making ways on that. Um, you know, just one thing, we, we don't have any kind of funding or routine donations coming in. So everything we, we do and have done, has been on our own uh, dime and time. Um, so mm. one of the first things we wanted to do was, of course, get the get the drones lined up, get them displayed in what we thought was the right order and whatnot. Um, and then we did. We made up some little signs for each drone that just kind of, uh, you know, gives the drone name, model, you know, top speed and duration of flight, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we, right. we, I would really love some really nice display plaques uh, that you see at all the big major museums. But we're just not quite there yet. Well, I'm going to tell you, you need to, um, you know, you, you need to get involved with uh, the Texas University system because I think they could probably give you some help with that. And no, a reasonable okay. price. That's uh, that might be. Yeah, fun. we're gonna. We'll have to. There, you know, it's all going down in Texas. I don't know if you, uh, you, you yeah. know that, but I mean, uh, a lot of lot of technology companies, a lot of unmanned aircraft companies are uh, moving to are, are in Texas, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And so this, I think, this kind of fits into it. Now, you before uh, we we started the the podcast, you know, you were telling me where you were at and that you're moving. Um, and, and so let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I can't believe it. It's already, I mean, we've already been, uh, chit chatting, doing the drone chat here for, uh, you know, 30 some <laughs> odd minutes. So right, where, let, let's talk about that though, real, real quick. Cause, uh, so you're at, where are you at now and where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're located about 30 minutes east of uh, Dallas Love Field Airport. Um, it is kind of more of the outer uh, country area. Um, you know, so with heavy traffic, you're maybe looking at about an hour to get out there. Um, so we, with that said, we, we want to just get closer more uh, into the city so we're more accessible um, and just more easily uh you know, able to get to from from uh, the major uh, surrounding Dallas cities. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's the 
it's the property we uh, we had from the gyro business and everything, and it's a it's a huge hangar, so that's why we started there. But yeah, we we would like to get a little bit closer to the main city. Right. Well, yeah, probably. I know you know the uh, aerospace museum that I, I do some uh, work with. You know they they have. Uh, you know, the schools come out and do, um, you know, field trips and, you know, and then they yeah. do educational stuff and whatever else, which would probably, uh, closer to town, you'd probably get a little bit more opportunities right. to educate, which would be good. Um, yeah. And then also kind of get into that ecosystem. But I, I definitely, uh, you know, think that you might be able to, to get, you know, maybe a little bit of assistance from the uh, university sector. So I mean, you know, we'll have to tag up on that after or offline um so i mean you know you've been, you've been putting all this stuff together and i'm looking at most of it looks like uh, you know it's it's relatively small and portable and that's subjective of course but right you know uh so you gotta now you gotta pack all this stuff up and move it you know <laughs> that uh you know that sounds daunting it does. I'm not looking forward to that day. I don't know if I'll survive that move or not. <laughs> oh, you got a, you got a lot of stuff to, uh, you know. Oh man, I don't envy you on that one. But yeah, it looks like you got a lot of stuff to uh, to move. Um, yeah. So yeah. Good luck with that one. I'm, uh, I'd say I'd come and help you, but I'm, I'm busy that year, um, <laughs> so, so I, I can't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, and so besides the move, you know, we'll be looking out for that. You'll definitely have to send us uh, a presser when that happens for um, over at the SUAS News, so we can help. Sure, you know, get get the good word out on where you're going. And uh, do you, so, do you you have a place pick? You guys still looking for a place, the right place? Yeah, not we don't have uh, have the perfect spot lined up just yet, but we're looking. Yeah, well, that's going to be, uh, again, you know, things in the, the DFW area are really kind of uh, hot right now. There's um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of action. So that may take some, uh, you know, some extra time to reconnoiter and find someplace uh, suitable. Because I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. you know, I'm going to assume after you move, you kind of want to stay there for a while. Absolutely. You're not going to want to back up the, the traveling road <laughs> show that we've got going here. Um, so back to the exhibits real quick. So do you, do you have a favorite, personal favorite, you know, that, uh, that, that you like? And then for what reason, you know, do you have one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, the Teledyne Ryan Firebee Strike Drone, that's, uh, that's my favorite one right there. Um, you know, it's, uh, that, that was, that was, um, grandpa always told us that was, that was the most important, uh, time in his career was, uh, was proving the strike drone concept and making it happen. Um, you know, and, uh, I read his book that he wrote and, uh, maybe I'm biased, but it's a pretty damn good book. Um, but he 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 really went in on on the whole start of of his involvement with the drone program and all the challenges they faced along the way and um and all the hurdles you know the drones are well they're still like the black sheep of aviation um uh-huh. and they really were back in those days i mean they they were persevering through major challenges and hurdles for tests that, uh, uh, like, for example, um, when Francis Gary Powers was downed over Russia. Um, when that happened, my grandfather um, was was pulled into the Oval Office to brief JFK on current uh, unmanned capabilities. Hmm. And at that time, we didn't have we just had a target drone and they were playing with it uh, for, you know, photo reconnaissance and things like that. Well, uh, JFK was pretty disgusted that we weren't further along with that. 
Um, so Ooh. at that point in time, um, the, I believe it, uh, the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office was formed. Um, and, and this might not be hundred percent, you know, I got a lot to remember from everything grandpa right, told yeah, me. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I, the NRO was either formed at that time or, or it was not too old, but the drone program was referred to as program D and it wasn't even supposed to be talked about or referred to. Um, everything in that, in that drone program was, uh, what was secret and classified. Um, so that, that's the cool thing about that drone and it's the strike drone. It, it's my favorite one. Um, just because I, I, that was my grandpa's favorite. Um, but you know, they, uh, Teledyne Ryan kept pushing the Air Force, telling them, hey, we, we can make an unmanned uh, a drone that will fire a missile and hit a target. And, uh, you know, of course, they were against it because why, why? Why do we need that? You're going to take our jobs. We, we need the man to do it. Um, oh, you're you're getting into that now. You're you're getting into the the why this is the the flock of black sheep. You know, yeah. That's that's interesting that you're you're wading in there because there were there were always people that oh yeah, we, uh, what, what what do you need that for? Why do you? It's it's interesting how much convincing uh, this took. Even uh, kind of when I got into this, and, and I would say in the mid two thousands. Um, talking to DOD people about drones, you know, oh, yeah, those, you know, those, those guys in the field, they, they don't know what they need. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, because if you talk to some of them, they'll tell you, you know, hey, they're, they're looking for something small and, and portable and, you know, EOD teams, they got robots. And I'm like, yeah, you can't use the robot to look in the back of a truck and you can't look at, you know, use it to look at the <laughs> the roof of a building or whatever. And I, this wasn't only stuff that I was coming up with, you know, talking to people who are actually out in the field and they're like, hey, here's here's the situation. But, uh, you know, they thought, oh, it's kids are too costly. Uh, these guys are just going to crash them. And, you know, there's too many problems and you know, there's like an attitude that, you know, that those military circles would just be happy with yeah. what you get or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, but I don't even want to get too far down there. But the one other thing I did notice, this is, and this is, this goes right on back, you know, to the, to the beginning of uh, AUVSI and the different nomenclature, you know, people would call them UAVs or UAS or, you know, our pass or whatever. And, uh, you know, even here with the, you know, the uh, quote with them being called the RPV, which the remotely piloted vehicle. And yeah. also the other thing I'm noticing here too, which is kind of interesting because they're trying to move to the more, like say, uh, inclusive language of uncrewed uh, yeah. aircraft systems, which is, you know, it's not true. There, there is a credit. I'm looking right here. You know, and it's got the, uh, you know, WCO Major JT No, RCO Captain RB Jones, Crew Chief. Yeah. You know, Sergeant hey, BR hey, Bogle hey, on here. Hey Patrick, just yeah. to jump in on that. Um, that drone was in storage for 30 years. I never saw it as a kid or a young adult. Um, until we started on the museum and i mean it was literally in the back corner with literally 20 foot tall of parts stacked all over it um that was just how my grandpa did stuff but when we got that drone together my dad had kind of he was cleaning it up wiping it he was wiping it down with some acetone getting some oil and grime and dirt off of it um wiped it down with acetone at the end of the day left came back the next day um and those names had appeared that's tone kind of took that top layer of primer off and we found those names yeah that's that's interesting um and and you know it just goes to uh prove that uh you know crude or they wouldn't have the crew chiefs right on there uh yeah i i don't uh that to me uh 
smacks of, of disrespect of, you know, the crew and the people that are making it all happen. And, uh, you know, the whole uh, crew resource management thing. But that's that's a, another complaint for another day. Now, we are running long, but I don't care because this is how this always works <laughs> on this uh <laughs> on these podcasts, it really takes a little while to get warmed up, and then you can really like dig down into the uh, the nitty gritty. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. You know, you just like like that story that you're telling. I mean, you know, that's most people aren't going to know that. It's like I look at that. Did that get repainted, or or like you said, so it was in storage and it had you know some layers of paint on it and grime, and uh, you know, I, I notice here it looks like some. I'm going to assume that that was some airman that spilled the yellow paint all over the tire. Or was that you? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Thank God it wasn't me. <laughs> um, and you know, Patrick, that that drone, just the last one before we move on to the next thing, um, that drone is, as far as we know and everybody in our, the drone circles, that that is the only survivor left out of the eight drones they built to prove the strike concept. And it's a, this one is, it says RPV 007 on there. So this was That's it. just before the, the end of the, end of the run. That's so right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And now, you have, uh, yeah, you have pictures here too. that look like they're from, hey, there's the guy that's built the paint on the wheel over here yeah <laughs> i'm looking at the website and i see him down there and he's wrenching on on you got you got another one there too so yeah uh i mean that's cool you have historical um you know photos of that exact uh aircraft yeah. were those in the collection or did you find those on the interweb i you know i found those and some of those are screenshots from youtube videos you know, I, I, there for a while after my grandpa's death, I was I went on a Firebee drone YouTube rampage rabbit hole, and I was hoping I would see him or find him somewhere. So I would literally sit and watch all these videos. And I don't know if you've seen any of these on YouTube, but I mean, they are, no. you know, they're they're horrible sound. They're they're just not fun to watch. Um, and I, I've gone through a few thousand hours of every single fire bee drone video trying to find something. But when I was doing that, that's when I found this video where you see those guys wrenching on that drone. That's actually that same strike drone. I found right. video footage where it shows RPV 007 in those original videos. That's pretty interesting, and it says on here, and I'm, you know, now we're really we're we're analyzing the uh, the intel here, <laughs> the drilling down on this deal. But in the video, it says San Diego. Is that from the uh, San Diego Aviation Museum by chance? Or? It is. It is. Yes. Oh. Um, now, have you ever been so over I've, there? I have not yet. I've I've, I've oh, talked to uh, a, a few people over there. Um, but uh yeah i i would love to go there sometime um but that that drone the interesting thing they did so there was two versions of that of that strike drone there was um the one version had a tv camera lens in the nose of the drone and that was for the tv guided maverick missile the agm 65 um, and then the other version, which you see in that picture, it has that long, skinny nose, and mm-hmm. that one is actually the laser designator version of that drone. Wow! So this was really nineteen. I mean, they, this is a, it, it's nuts. Nineteen seventy-one. They had a drone with uh, <laughs> with laser-guided bombs. That's interesting. Now, I will recommend that you go to the San Diego deal. And they and it's a great museum and it was uh the building was like part of some other exhibition they had and that Ford built the building. And everybody goes, you know, through the museum or whatever, but the real magic is in the basement. You know, it's like the magic of the basement at the Alamo. <laughs> Just like the basement at <laughs> the Alamo. So you you go in there and uh, a lot of these guys are, you know, 
a lot of them are ex-Navy, uh, you know, whatever, military guys. And uh, when I was there, I mean, they had some old Ryan aircraft. They were reskinning, and I, it just it was oh wow blowing my mind. You know, I was there for a uh, for a military drone conference I was at and uh, so I just went over there, talked to the guy, told him what I was doing. Oh, come on, you got to check out the basement, and just very organized. <laughs> I was, you know, yeah. these guys had everything, uh, it, really amazing. But, um, so yeah, someday you gotta, you know, make it over there if you get Absolutely. a chance to see how they're running their, their program. It was pretty impressive. Um, yeah. not that you guys, I mean, I, I see here, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, you, that what you've kind of described, you know, is like, well, everything was kind of stacked up and in boxes and all the rest of that stuff. But from the pictures I'm seeing, uh, everything looks really organized. I'm seeing a, it is. It is now. I'm seeing a, a military <laughs> process of some sort. You know, is that carried through from Grandpa's uh, direction, or did you guys just spend a lot of time? <laughs> How did that uh, come about? Because you're describing <laughs> chaos, and I'm like, look at this shelving. Everything looks clean, organized. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that's not how my storage system is. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. Mine is not like yeah. that. <laughs> well, we, we we've got a we we've got a good team now. It's a small team. It's it's my dad and a guy named John that's uh, worked for my grandfather for thirty years, and he is a he, I say it night. He, he's he's a pro at Tetris, and that really came in handy. <laughs> Uh, when it came to time to organize uh, uh, a couple hundred drones and thousands of drone parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, some of it is, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at some of the shelving racks, and I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, no, uh, very uh, informative. And, you know, even uh, some of the stuff that you're telling us in the backstories and all the rest of that, uh, I appreciate you being on the program. And, uh, you know, giving us some back or insights into all of this. It's, it's, it looks like a real labor of love and it lots is. of work. It's interesting. So, yeah, when I, I'm, I'm, you know, I do plan on getting out there to Texas. I'm going to have to come by, check this out, and, um, you know, see what's going on because, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I see a lot of uh, interesting stuff here. But, um well, you know, I'm fine. I'm glad I could finally, um, you know, pull one of you guys away from uh, your schedule. And I did hear you back there. It sounds like you're multitasking, which is okay because I do that all the time. <laughs> Got to get stuff done. And I'm glad you were able yeah. to come on, and I'm glad you were able to tell us about it. And, um, you know, keep up the good work. And like I said, make sure and let us know what's going on at SUS News so we can help spread the good word. Absolutely. Patrick, thanks for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate it. No problem. Keep up the good work and, uh, you know, until next time, have a good one. Okay. You too, man.